right, everyone have their rock? Hold it up. Go ahead and hold it up. Make sure you have one. If you didn't, make sure you get one. You can go back and get it yet. Hold on to this. We're going to talk about rocks today because the Bible does. Lots of rocks in the Bible. Peter was called the rock, Petrus, and yet he also sank like a rock when he didn't trust Jesus and was afraid of the wind and the waves. There were the rocks that Jesus spoke to when he was talking to the Pharisees. He said, you guys think you're so important, you are the children of Abraham, well look at these rocks. I could make them into the children of Abraham if I really wanted people to sing my praises. There were the huge rocks or stones that the temple was made out of, and there was, of course, that very large rock that covered Jesus' tomb. And yet that rock could not hold our Lord, could it? He rose from the grave. The rock was moved. And then there is our story for today. There's a a huge crowd of men. There was a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Back in those days, the penalty for that was death. Death by stoning. And so that crowd had gathered this mob of people. And then they all dropped those rocks. When Jesus asked them who was without sin. We're going to hold on to our rock today as a symbol, at least for a while. A symbol of many things, really. It could be a a symbol of the rocks that we throw at others. And I know you've done that. You've thrown rocks, and not just you, I've done it. I'm not proud of it. Certainly as a minister of the gospel, it's something that I shouldn't do. And yet my words have sometimes hurt others. My actions have been less than kind. My judgments, not very charitable. I didn't always intend to do it. I mean, sometimes you just get caught up in it. Sometimes you go along with the crowd, peer pressure, and kids, it doesn't stop. (laughs) You think, oh, in high school, you know, lots of peer pressure. It only gets worse, really. As we get older, we go along with the herd or the crowd. Many times we don't give people a fair trial. Kind of reminds me of the Western that I once saw. Maybe you saw this one. There was a, a whole group of people, and there was this cattle wrestler. You remember this one? And, and somebody says, let's hang them. And now somebody says, we got to give them a fair trial first. Then we'll hang them, right? Isn't that how we often are? But Jesus was just the opposite. Jesus hates sin, but he always loves the sinner. So often, we throw stones at the sinner, and then we love to gossip about the sin. So this could be a symbol of the stones that we have thrown that hurt others. Now, if you flip the stone over and go ahead and do that, take a look at it. There's no cryptic writing here, but 
Would you agree with me that it looks pretty much the same on both sides? I mean, there's some slight differences, but it's really pretty much the same. And so the stone can also represent what we have caught ourselves. Yeah, we're guilty, of course, for throwing stones at others, for judging them, but haven't we been judged as well? And we'd say probably unfairly. Think about a time in your life when you were hurt by the judgment of another. Maybe it's just because of the way that you look. Maybe the way that you dress. Maybe because of your background. Maybe because of where you grew up. Maybe you've been judged or overlooked for no apparent reason at all, and it still hurt, didn't it? whether it was intentional or not. You know, I told the kids that my brothers and I used to throw rocks and we would skip them on the ponds, but, you know, that wasn't always interesting enough. So sometimes we would throw them at the trees, but that wasn't interesting enough because the pigs or the trees don't move, so we throw them at our pigs, which do move. But even that wasn't interesting enough, so we would throw them at each other. But even that wasn't interesting enough, so we used to play this game. Uh, and kids, <laughs> don't do this at home. Remember the one we used to call it mumbly peg, where you take a little pen knife, and I'd be about from here to Joe, and I would throw it and try to stick it at, his, at my brother's feet, and he would throw it back. Remember that game? Well, that was not interesting enough. So we took machetes, and I am not exaggerating. I know my... My sons sometimes think I exaggerate. This is no exaggeration. We called them corn knives. They're about this long. The blade with a handle on the end. And literally you would cut corn with them. So we'd throw that at each other. Now it's supposed to stick close here. Well, it was just a game, and my brother did not intend to hit me with that machete, but he did. And I have the mark right here. It hit me right in the chin had the scar to prove it. Now, he was so ashamed, he felt so guilty that he ran away. I still think that he just didn't want to get punished by my father, but still he ran away and he hid. And don't we do that sometimes? And so these stones can be the ones that we have caught. And they do leave marks, don't they? Other people's judgment, other people's words, other people's actions leave a mark on our self-image, on our psyche, even on our soul. And this stone can also represent what you carry with you today. You see, we confessed earlier, and my guess is, and I don't know, just think in your own mind, my guess is that you confessed some of the same sins in your mind and heart to God that you confessed last week. Did you? Or do you have new ones? <laughs> Try out some new sins. See how that works. And some of you are still confessing sins from years ago. And you carry that weight. And you carry that guilt along with you. There was a professor at Duke Divinity School years ago his name was Dr. Carlisle Marnie. And he would teach freshmen in particular 
there at the college, archaeology and Bible history and things of that nature. And, and then there's lots of questions that, that you get, you know, where were certain nationalities, Canaanites, Edomites, the Amalekites? How many times was, was Jericho destroyed? And where's the Garden of Eden? I get that one a lot. Where's the Garden of Eden? So that was asked, and, and Dr. Marnie, he paused, and he said, well, I know exactly where Eden is. Where? In, in, in Iraq? Is that where it's at? No. No, it, it, it's in Knoxville, Tennessee. What? Knoxville, Tennessee? Yeah, I know exactly where it is. 205 South Elm Street, Knoxville, Tennessee. Because you see, when I was just a little kid, the professor said, I stole a quarter from my mother. And I, and I went to the store, and I bought a whole bag of peanut clusters. And then I ate them as fast as I could. And when I got home, I hid in the closet because I felt so ashamed. And he said, my mother found me, and she asked that question, what are you hiding? What are you hiding? And who are you hiding from? Every single one of us has our own Eden. A time, maybe early in our life, maybe recently, where we willingly disobeyed God. When we knew what was right, and yet we did not do it, and we carry the weight of that guilt and that sin. Now, this stone, if you want to kind of heft it a little bit, it doesn't weigh all that much, just a few ounces. But imagine a whole pile of them, and imagine them in a, box, in a, in a knapsack on your back. And imagine carrying them around with you all, day long, every day, every week, every month, every year. We all have these unforgettable sins that we carry around that weighs on us, that weighs us down, that brings us down. Well, the good news this morning, once again, is that we don't have to do that. And so this stone can be another symbol for you. It can be a symbol of hope. It can remind us that there is one who carries all of our sins, all of our regrets, our shame, and can erase the scars of the past. So what we're going to do is this in just a moment. You're going to take your stone, the one that you have wrapped your hands around this morning, remembering the stones that you have thrown to hurt others, remembering the stones that you have caught when others have judged you, the marks that have been left. No one should have to carry that stone around. 
And so we're going to bring all of our stones here to the front to the cross, which is truly a symbol of hope. For it's on the cross that Jesus died for all of our sins. His blood has completely washed them all away. And not just the words or the thoughts or the actions, but the guilt you can give to him. The shame you can give to him. Because Jesus died for you and the Father looks in the shadow of the cross and sees the perfection of his Son. So there's no reason to hide. God already knows what you have done. You know, there's an old old parable about creation. Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. And they said to God, can you give us some, some token, something tangible? It's our birthday, after all, on the sixth day you've created us. Something that we can look back to to remember this day. And so God did in the fable. And he gave them a coin that on one side it said, love. Well, we know what happened after that. On the seventh day, God rested. And as the fable goes, on the eighth day, they couldn't even wait a full day after the Sabbath. And they sinned. And God expelled them from the garden. And as they're leaving, they asked again, can you give us something to remind us that you'll never leave us, that you'll never abandon us. And God said, I already did. I gave you the coin. It says love on the one side. And they, and they said, but love is gone. We have sinned. And he said, just turn it over. And on the other side of the coin is the word forgiveness. You see, that's what grace is. Love and forgiveness are just two sides of the coin of grace. Nothing that we deserve, nothing that we could ever earn, just given to us by our God. And so we're going to come up, Brian, if you would, move the, the cross. We're going to put it right here front and center. Each one of us is going to come up. We're going to put our burden, the stone that we have thrown, the stone that we have caught, the stone that some of us continue to carry, and we're going to place it here. And we're going to leave this here for the next couple of weeks. And as we see this pile of stones at the foot of the cross, we're reminded that we need not carry the burden anymore. And then on your way out, in the baskets on either side, I want you to pick up a candy kiss. I know it's just a candy kiss but also a symbol. It's in the story of the prodigal son, you remember, when the son had ran, run away. And he had committed all kinds of crimes against his father, even disowning him and wishing that he were dead. And thinking, I can never come back. Maybe, maybe I can be a servant. And then my father will accept me. And as his father sees him, 
in the distance. It's the father who goes and runs and greets his son with a kiss. And so this is a reminder that that's how we can approach every single day. God has taken our sin, our guilt, our judging heart, and he has given us a kiss of grace. You know, people ask all the time at the end of the the story of today, the woman who committed adultery, the woman in that day who deserved the punishment of death. And Jesus said to the crowd that had gathered, whoever is without sin can throw the first stone, and they all dropped their stones one by one by one because they all realized that they were sinners. And the translation isn't even whoever is sin, but whoever desires sin, which would be every single one of us. And then Jesus says, go and sin no more. Do you think that that woman never sinned again? Do you think you'll sin again tomorrow or next week? I know I will. I know I'm going to continue at times to throw stones and others will throw them at me. What Jesus is saying is that every day gives us the opportunity that we want the most, and that is to start over. Bring your stone to the front. Ushers, you can start them up. Take that stone, representing sin and judgment and guilt. Leave it at the foot of the cross. Grab God's favor, this kiss, as a reminder that every day, every hour, every moment, is a new opportunity to start over. Love and forgiveness, two sides of God's grace.
stand for Heavenly Father, with humble hearts we bring you our prayers. We remember your acts of kindness to your people through the ages and especially in our own lives. We remember the confession that we made just minutes ago in which we unveiled those things that we have hid from so many others. You already knew and yet you loved us, and you have forgiven us. Help us, Lord, as we look to the cross to see it as a symbol of hope, that we would forget the burdens that we have been carrying as we now give them to you. And so we praise you, and we worship you for your goodness. Lord, in your mercy, 